everybody and welcome to this week's podcast where I'll be joined by Danny Bradley. Danny is from Cardiff, he grew up in the same area as myself and he's going to talk about his story. He's going to tell about how he got involved in drugs, he got locked up, he came out of prison and hit rock bottom after prison. He was homeless and something just clicked, he turned his whole life around. So I hope you enjoy his story, it's very inspirational, hope somebody gets something from it. If you do enjoy it and all the other podcasts that we have, please make sure to subscribe to all of our channels, okay? Thank you, I hope you enjoy this one. This is the Jer Conroy Fitness Podcast. Podcast. For more, see jerconroy.ie. Danny Bradley, welcome to the podcast. Cheers, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. Danny, I was just saying in the introduction there, like we both grew up in the same area. We both grew up in Cardiff. We both played football and, and that's how I knew you. And then all of a sudden I just hear you had to go to prison. I didn't know yeah. you were involved in any of that type of stuff or anything like that. I just heard you were going to prison. And years later then, obviously I, I knew you were out. I've seen you around. And then next thing I seen a couple of weeks ago on Instagram, I see you're at the starting this running club and... Now you're doing this David Goggins challenge, the four miles every four hours for 48 Four by 48, yeah. And I'm not messing. I had never heard of that before until you posted it. And I'm like, he's a lunatic. What's he, what's he signing up to this for? <laughs> now loads are doing it. And I'm like, and a few of our members were doing it as well. And I was like, yeah. don't ask me to do that because I'm not doing that thing, you know? <laughs> not a chance. But yeah, yeah. Like, look, we get to all that in a minute. But basically... Like I said, I know you from, I suppose, when you were a teenager playing football and, and I knew your brother, Frano, and that's how I knew you and obviously being around the area as well. But what kind of happened? Because you you really hit rock bottom. Some people say they hit rock bottom. You did. Um, yeah, yeah. I know that from talking to you a couple of weeks ago. But tell everybody your story. Tell me tell me what happened. You were playing football and then the next thing I heard, you got locked up. So what happened in between? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I always loved my sport. I always liked saying... Fit, um, played football from a young age for the local clubs or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think just obviously playing football, uh, hanging around, being a young fella, um, in with the usual crowd, you know, the crowd that your mother and father don't want you to be with. Um, but uh, yeah, no, look, I think it all just started, say I was probably around 21, 22 years of age. Um, I was walking, finished up work, got let go. Uh, needed needed obviously some sort of outlet for money. Um, and back then, I think, well, even still now today, the quickest way to get money is to sell drugs. And I'm not promoting that in any way. Um, it's a quick way, but yeah, it has its consequences. Like, I got sentenced to four years because of it. Um, but yeah, that's that's where it all sort of that's where it all sort of went wrong. I think. Um, so like, start selling drugs, got a 15 eight charge from there. Um. So for anyone that doesn't know what a 15 day charge is, it's it's a drugs charge for sale and supply for anything over ten thousand. Um and Jeez, I was caught like thirty-seven thousand worth. So Jesus. yeah, so if you're caught with anything over ten thousand, it's classed as a 15 day charge. I was caught with thirty-seven thousand. Um had it in my house at the time. Um the guards now, the guards who raided my house, they were as surprised as I was. Like they said they got a tip off that I was selling weed. But look. It's neither here nor there. Um, I was caught, and that's when things got a little bit out of hand, you know. And that's when I was given a four years prison sentence. Jesus, Danny, four years, and like, like, like I said, yeah. I, I knew you from being in the area, and 
I just thought, yeah, Danny walks, plays football, and then the next thing I knew, you are you are going to prison. Like I didn't know any of that. Like, did your family mm. know you were involved in in the drugs and stuff like that? Like, um, no. Well, look, I think there was probably a close couple of friends who knew. Not a, not a great deal of people knew. None of my family would have had an idea. Um, and when I did get caught as well, it was a sort of decision I made not to tell them what I was being charged for, or not to even tell them I was up in court. Um, so when the time came for me to be charged, I got a sort of sped up over about eight or nine months. Usually a lot of people would um, drag it out over a couple of years. I knew I was caught. I knew I was getting time. I just wanted to get it over and done with. So yeah. within the space of nine months then, I was up in court and the judge sentenced me to four years. Now, surprising as it sounds, I was a little bit happy with four years. I could have got 10 years. There is a lot of lads out there that got caught with less than me and they got 10 years. So I think it's just the look of the draw, who you get on the day, you know? As in the judge, Um, like? Yeah, absolutely. And then when I did get caught as the judge, yeah, look, each judge is different. Um, A lot of people say it's like bleeding roulette. Like there's there's people that have went in after me and they got caught with more. They got a suspended sentence. But um, the day I did get sentenced, uh, when I got the four years, there was only it was only my partner at the time, um, Nicola. She was there, and I could just I just remember when the judge gave me the four years, and the 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 guard putting the cuffs on me and walking me out of the hall. And I remember just looking back at Nicola, and she was just in a flood of tears, like. And at that point, I just thought, "Fuck!" You know what I mean? I've laid, I've really fucked it here. And then, when I was sitting down in the holding cells and all, I still sort of didn't really come to terms of what's after happening, like, um. I didn't tell my family about it whatsoever. Um, it was only know. when... No, they didn't know. Actually, uh, at the time when I got sentenced, I got me embarrassed. I said, look, bring me family there and tell them that I'm after getting sentenced to four years. And they were like, what do you mean, bring your family? I didn't tell them. Said, What's the point in telling them having to worry for months and months on end? You know what I mean? Jesus. I said, it's like, blade, like a band-aid. Just pull it off. Um, so look, I think I think that, I think think that was probably better rather than having to worry for months. I said I was some shocked at them. They didn't know you were involved, I, and then you're that, and all of a sudden you're going, you're getting locked up. Yeah, well, look, yeah, Fucking that's... Fucking hell, Danny. Yeah, so I know, so it's, like, I could have been bleeding. I could have been over my mum's house the day before, or whatever, you know what I mean? Everything was laddie da normal, and then Jeez. the next day he's getting a phone call from the barrister. Yeah, But, uh, yeah, no, it was a shock, obviously it was, it was a shock, and then, obviously, just being... It was hard to sort of comprehend what's after happening. Like I was, I was in shock for, I'd say, a couple of hours after that in the holding cell. You know, I mean, talking to the lads there, and it was as if as if there's nothing happened. And I think when I really hit home was when when I got into the cell, they closed the door behind me, and I sat there and I thought, "Fuck, there's no getting out of here." Yeah, yeah. Four years, man. Jesus. And how long did you actually serve? Like you served less than four years, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there's a remission. So for every, they call it, so for every one year of prison, it's nine months. You get three months for remission. So it works out, I, I was to do three years, but I actually done two and, just, just two and a half because I got out then on a community service game. I finished the rest of the day doing community service. Mm. But um, look, there's there's a lot of ways you can take that um, when you get in there, you know what I mean? You can, either, you can either go one way or the other way. You can either just get on with it or else you can make it hard for yourself. Jesus, and obviously you just got on with it, and that's is that when you like you always I always hear oh, someone got out early on good behaviour. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean just getting on with it type of thing? Yeah, like look, 
more or less getting on with it. And then the likes of that community service game, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got that. Obviously, if I had been kicking up stink and bleeding, given given the screws a hard time, making things hard on myself, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I made it, I made a decision on the day when I was sitting in the cell. I made a decision there and then what way I'm going to do this. And the way it was is, look, I am who I am. I'm not a fucking, I'm no hard man. I'm no bleeding gangster. I'm not this person that's coming in here with a chip on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I'm Danny Bradley from an area who just got caught up. You know what I mean? Um, and that stood to me. Yeah, that stood yeah. to me, you know. Um, I didn't have I didn't have many run-ins or such or anything in there. None, none that would you say. But you just, yeah, look, it's you have to make things easy for yourself when you're in a situation like that. Jesus, that's mad. It's, it's I'm just still thinking about your family. Like, like you said, you're probably in your ma's house the day before. <laughs> then she gets a call. Mm, yeah, yeah, he's locked up for four years. Yeah, but yeah, some people think of it as some people think of it as a little bit strange. You know, people think, yeah, it was probably the right thing to do because imagine if I had it told them and I got caught, you're going to be worrying for nine months or whatever it was. Jesus, what's going to happen with him? What's going to be this? What's going to be that? Whereas if it was like a band aid, he pulled it off. Look, he's gotten four years. Look, at the end of the day, I suppose it's look at your decision. It's whatever you're trying to protect them, I suppose, and you're only doing it to try and protect them, as I said, and. That's 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 just the decision you made. Well, come here, tell yeah, me. Yeah. Right, so you're in there, right? Um, like, mm. was it going into prison? Like, was it what you were expecting? Was it totally different? Like, were you crapping yourself? Well, I didn't know what I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, obviously, I've never been in a situation like that before. Um, and I think for anybody who knows about jail or who doesn't know about jail, all I've ever known was it's just stories I've heard. You know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you're in there yourself and you're when you're in there yourself and you're going through it yourself, like this isn't like the fucking stories I've been told. The details, you know what I mean? You're being told to strip, you're being told to bend over, starkers naked, screws staring at you. You don't hear little things like that, you know, and it's just the little details. Yeah, all you are is a number in there. Like, I'll never ever for the rest of my life ever forget my prison number because it's it had such an impact on me in there. And that's all you are, you know? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. And like, so what happened? You got out two and a half years into the sentence. Mm. You got out. What happened when you came out? So we got out. Um, obviously, Nicola was there with the kid. Um, we had, I'd actually only had one child at the time. Yeah. And I'd moved back home. I was doing my community service. Everything seemed to be going good. But I think it was the whole hype. The area I come from, if you, if, if you do jail or anything like that, you become like a little local celebrity as such. And it's a bad way of putting it, but that's that's what it was like. Everybody sort of wanted to be a friend. Everybody wanted to know you. Jesus, oh, there's Danny Bradley. He was locked up for a couple of years. And I think with that whole thing, I think sort of it made things worse for me because I came out and I played off that, you know. Yeah. I enjoyed going out parking. Um, I enjoyed taking drugs. Um, I did enjoy everything that I brought with it. Like, you know, there was... There was a lot of arguments between me and my partner. There was a lot of times I wouldn't come home. Um, so that's, that went on for a couple of years. Um, and then after that, then, it just got really, really out of control. Whereas if I was using drugs then without even drinking, you know, and that's when the addiction really got bad. I was, mm. I was cross-addicted with alcohol and also with cocaine. Um, so, yeah, for years I was doing that and I was trying to hide it from people. But... At one and, point, you just can't hide it. And like when you are 
like the day you're getting released from prison, you're coming out. Has your mindset, like, all right, I'm, I'm going to give it all up now. I'm going to start a new life. Is or, or Absolutely. Like, really, yeah? Ab- absolutely. You weren't planning on getting back involved in that? Like? Oh, absolutely not. I, look, I'm going to say it now. Every night in prison, I prayed. And I said prayers and I said lawyers, absolute lawyers, because I promised that I'd never, ever get back involved and I would never do this, I'd never do that. I said it all because at the time, I thought that's what's going to get me out of there. And as soon as I get out of there, everything I said, bang, gone, down the drain. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. But, oh yeah, look, you, 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 say what, you say what you say at the moment, you know what I mean? Because you think it's going to help there and then, but nah, I ignored everything I'd said. No way. And like, so what happened? Obviously you went, you were taking drugs and like you said, alcohol and drugs and then you're even taking drugs when you weren't even drinking. What happened then, like? Ah, proper spoiled out of control. Um, I used to think that it was just a social thing. I'd go out of a Thursday or a Friday and I wouldn't come home till the Sunday or whatever like that and I'm causing fights at home and at this point with two kids and it just wasn't helping anything. And I always had the thought in my head, I'm just a lad who likes to enjoy himself. You know what I mean? What's the bleeding problem here? Like, so what if I like to have a couple of drinks and a fucking couple of sniffs and that like that? All I'm doing is enjoying myself. But realistically, the people that were trying to stop me from doing this were the people who cared about me, you know? The likes of Nicola, the likes of my family. They were the ones who were telling me, look, you shouldn't be doing this. And I'm looking at them saying, fuck you, what do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to enjoy myself. But realistically, they were right from the start. And what made you realise you were right? Well, it got to the point where I was homeless. You know what I mean? I was living in a car. I had, I had, I had nothing left. I had burned bridges with every single person who knew me. I had manipulated anybody who I could. Um, Nicola had enough. She didn't want me around the kids. Uh, my mother and father, I believe, didn't want to know me. My friends, people who would call close friends, didn't want to know me. And... It was my 29th birthday, so it was a couple of years. Obviously, I had went on after being released from prison. I was 29, and at this point, I was I was living in a car. I had a car parked over a blade in uh, Waterville, and I was living in it. Jesus. And I was, yeah, and it was my 29th birthday, where I was straight to God, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I had a blanket wrapped around me, and a rattling cold. And I said to myself, something's got to fucking give here, like... Something has got to give. This can't be, there has to be more to lose than this. Um, so I made the decision to get in contact with Kilmoyne. Yeah. Tell me about Kilmoyne. So obviously from then. Like what exactly do they do? Like, because a lot of people oh, don't even know about them. No, they don't. A lot of people think it's Kilmoyne. It's just it's like people go there when they need help with drugs. That is the whole thing of it. But it's the finer detail. They go. They go from they go from second to none. The treatment they give people in there is is really really unbelievable. Um, from the minute I ran Kilmoyne, from the minute I left, even now today, if I ever felt like I had, if I ever felt like I was insecure about something, not insecure as such, if I ever felt that I was in need of help, yeah. I could always always give Kilmoyne a call, and there'd be always someone there to help me, regardless. Good, uh, um, good support network, like? Ah, absolutely fantastic support network. Network. I started the program. Um, it would have been January. What year is it now? 
So I'm just over three years clean now. Um, so it would have been the January 2018. And it was prior that I made the calls, let's say on my 29th birthday. And you have to do a thing with the call as pre-entries. So it's like, it's like a build-up. So they want to see how committed you are. They can't just hand beds out to anybody. So I had to go through the pre-entries program. So for three months or so, I went to the Lord Edward Street. They have a, they have a premises in Lord Edward Street as well. I went into there and for twice a week, I was given clean urines for three months or so. And then a bed came along. And then I made the decision then to go in. So I stayed with them. It was six months residential. And then after that, then it's a step down. It's a couple of months step down. But when I say hard, like, I thought prison was tough. Kill Moim was the hardest thing I've ever done. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. In, in prison, you can be the... Sorry, I was just going to ask in what way. Like, that's... Yeah, so in, in, in prison, you can be the person, whoever you want to be. In Kill Moim, you can't hide you can't, you know what I mean? You have to sort of sit down and take a real long look at yourself. Um, and if it's something that you try and avoid, it'll be spotted in there and they'll say to you, look, you know what I mean? You need to come clean here with yourself. And I remember I done that. I think it was two weeks in and I was just being my jolly old self. You know what I mean? Everybody liked me. I thought, oh, Jesus, yeah, you know. But they set me around and I was 30 lads around me and they said, right, let's get to know you. And I was like, well, what do you mean? You all know me. Like, no, we don't know you. We know you've we know, we, we know you've an addiction, but like, why are you here? And that's when I fucking Jesus, that's where I really had to dig deep and start speaking about the shit you yeah, start speaking about the things you don't want to speak about. The things that I was taking drugs to hide, the things that I was drinking alcohol to hide. Because believe it or not, people who have an addiction and a problem with alcohol or anything like that, we do it to take ourselves away from things. And what I was doing was I was running from everything. I didn't want to face Anne. Yeah. I didn't want to face my childhood. I didn't want to face my prison sentence. I didn't want to face all the people I've hurt over the years. So by me taking drugs and drinking, it took me away from all that. And I didn't have to face any of that. Made you forget about it, like. Absolutely, yeah. That's what you do. You forget about everything. But you think you forget about it. All you're doing is you're just hiding it there at the back of your head. It's still there. It's not going away. Putting a plaster over the cut type of thing. Uh, yeah, but like it's not going to go away. It's never going to heal unless you sort of sit down and talk about it. And in Kilmoyne, that's one thing that they did do. Um, they made me sit down. They made me look really, really deep. And I spoke about everything. They make you write a life story, which I wrote a life story. Um, it really is, like it's hard to explain how, how good it is in there for somebody going through something like that. Is that like when you say totally lads sit you down and say, right, tell me about you. I want to hear all about you now. Like, is that is that kind of like, I don't know, being sat down and have to just kind of s- s- tell everything, like sitting in front of a counsellor type of thing, is it? So in Kilmoyne, um, it's they call it a therapeutic community. That's mm-hmm. Kilmoyne TC. So the way it is, is there is people who walk there. Um, there is key walkers. But the odds they do is facilitate. They'll sit in a group and they won't talk. It's it's the people around you who's obviously gone through all this as well. They're the people who's asking the questions because they know what questions to ask. Um, they're the ones who's challenging it. Exactly. They're the ones who's challenging it on all these questions. And you can't hide. An addict can't hide from an addict. 
because we've all been there before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We've all we all know what's going on with each other. Our stories are just a little bit different. Jesus, that's and I've heard I've heard people that have gone up there and they always have really good things to say. But I didn't. I've never heard it in detail as this, as in like obviously they facilitate it and the lads sit down and start kind of. Yeah, now look, it's it's that might seem daunting to people, um, but it's not daunting, you know what I mean? It's just like, opening up. Like. Absolutely, it's opening up. And look, don't get me wrong, you don't have to sit there for the very first time and spill your guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gradually over time, the lads know in there, your peer is what they're called, your peer, the people around you, your peer, they'll know how to treat you, you know? And it's great because I remember the first time when I started talking, I literally, 30 lads around me, I hadn't a clue who. I need to wear it really, and I'm bawling my eyes out, crying like a baby. You know what I mean? And I remember after I was walking out of the meeting room or the group room, and they're all pat me on the on the back, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, such a relief. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, you know what I mean? I'm able to speak about this. And obviously, other people in there, they've done the same thing, so they know what it's like, you know. But uh, the support network, it's fucking phenomenal. It really is. And even some of the key workers in there are all recovered addicts. Well, not to say recovering addicts, you know. They've all been through the program as well. So they know exactly what it's about. Um, but it's, it is for anybody, look, for anybody, if there was somebody listening to this and they did have a little issue or else they know somebody that is having problems, I'd strongly, strongly advise you to get in contact because it's the best decision I've ever made. And I'll never, ever look back. Like, I always say this, my partner has a boyfriend back. My kids have their father back. My parents have their son back, you know? Um, and it's all down to that decision that I made that night. It's like you got a second chance at life type of thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely 100 agree that I got a second chance. Um, I got a second chance with everybody. Um, my partner gave me a second chance. Well, she gave me a million chances, but this was me really, really second chance. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it is. Look, it's definitely a second chance. And I hate to say it, but not everybody gets it. You know, I've heard of a lot of people when I was in there, people who would be around me, they went out and they fell again. You know what I mean? When I say fell again, they've spoiled back into addiction. Um, thank God. I, at the moment, I'm doing a lot that helps me. Um, that helps me mentally, that helps me physically, that helps me at home, you know what I mean? I'm doing a lot. Um, and I think that's my little outlet that'll keep me on the straight and narrow. And I hope to continue to do that for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah, you're lucky to have that support network. And as you said, not many people, not everybody has that. Like, obviously you have Nicola and then you have your family there, like, so. Yeah, there's not a lot of people that have it. There's a lot of people that will go out and they don't have anybody to go out to. Um, and they are really trying their best, you know? And they just... It just doesn't work for them. But what I always say to people, look, if it doesn't work, just keep trying. That's all you can do is just keep trying. And like you said, reach out to Kilmoyne as well. Because I know this is why you wanted to come on and kind of talk about it, because the main goal here for you is to just try and help one person. And Look, that's... I've always said that with Kilmoyne. Look, when I was in Kilmoyne, I got so much back. Like, as we were talking at the start of this, football was my was my thing. I love football. Yeah, yeah. Um, addiction... Addiction and prison, it took it all away from me. But while I was in Kilmoyan, um, we managed to link in with the, the Irish Street Leagues. And with that then, I managed to go over and represent Ireland in Mexico. Like, Yeah, I was going to get to that in a minute. You have a cap for Ireland. Yeah, so like I got cap for <laughs> Ireland. So 
<laughs> even when I think of it now, I'm like, that what? So mad. like, that's mad. That's mad. Okay, it's bragging rights nearly everywhere you go. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm so absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, there might be a better footballer than you or whatever. So yeah, we got a cap. Nah, I'm lucky, mate. And then you're not about a footballer than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, um, so like obviously I got I got that, you know, and like that's another place as well. Like um the Irish Street Leagues. If look, if anybody's on Instagram, go follow them. They're, they're really, really uh Sean Cavanagh and all the coaches there, they are really, really brilliant as well, you know. Yeah. They give lads a chance like myself, they gave me a chance. Um went for the trials. Yeah. Uh Done it all, you know, but I remember, I remember the day when we were going over to Mexico. Uh, they put us up in a hotel the night before, and I remember, but they, they make it really special, you know, because obviously they know what we've all came through and our past, yeah. obviously homelessness, addiction, all these things. So I remember going up to the hotel room, put my key card in, I'm walking in, and there's all our jerseys laid out and all our <laughs> club gear. And this is all like, Irish stuff, you know what I mean? Your name is on the Irish jersey. Oh. It's just, it really is brilliant. No way, that is class, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, no, and it was. And what, what was it like when you when you got to play the match? How many matches did you play? Uh, I think we would have played probably between 12 and 18 matches over the whole course. We actually won the Telmex Cup that year. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, so it was good. We brought home silverware and all, you know, which was great, like, um, but like there's another there's another moment where you just sort of think, what the fuck? Like one one year I'm bleeding, I'm I'm homeless, I'm I'm in a car, I'm you know what I mean, I'm sleeping rough, and then the following year, yeah, standing in a bleeding football pitch in Mexico City and the national anthem is playing. I'd say that was nuts, was it? Yeah, like you know what I mean, you're sort of and there's there's national anthem playing, you're wearing the green jersey and you're looking around, and you're thinking, How the fuck is this after happening? You know what I mean? Well, well, yeah, look, it was... Go on, yeah. Sorry, it was like, yeah, like I was saying, it was absolutely just an experience that will always, always remember, you know what I mean? I'll never, ever forget it, like. Oh, stop off. Fucking right, representing Ireland, you know? What position mm, did yeah. you play? So, with the, with the, with the, uh, the leagues that we are doing, it's, it's a little bit different than your 11 side. So, it's not an 11 side, so the smaller pitches and... It's only a sort of small, the real your astro pitch, you know, but yeah, then it's yeah. four players to a team. So that's the oh, keeper yeah. and three outfield players. Oh, it's a, uh, it's people with some sort of look at like a futsal, you know, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. a street league. It's a street league game, but it's just, it was brilliant because I remember standing in the middle of Sakalo Square in Mexico City and there's all these people around me and they're looking at me in the jersey and some of them are even asking for me to sign their maiden <laughs> jersey and all. So I'm like, I'm like, like yeah, 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 yeah. I'll sign it, no bother. Like a little celebrity, you know, but it was just, it was all really surreal. But absolutely amazing, like, no way. deadly though. And come here then, so you came home and uh, yeah. that's deadly, Danny, that's deadly. Yeah, but like, I remember actually just touching on that as well. I remember when I come home then, that's where I sort of really think, fuck, I am like a little local celebrity. <laughs> RTE. I'm telling you, RTE got on to me. No way. Um, yeah, I had to travel down to Cork to go on to the uh, Dottie and Moira show. You know Dottie and Moira? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I went on their, um, I went on their TV, daytime TV show and all. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I was kidding. So that's when I thought, fuck, I'm definitely a celebrity here, you know. Well, oh, so I thought. <laughs> but um, I was playing, doing 
doing paper interviews, doing radio interviews. I was fucking, it was just mad. Like everybody sort of latched onto the little story about where they've come from. No so you know, I think it was just, yeah. So I think the reason a lot of people were sort of taken back saying, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. And the reason I said that was because it'll fucking, it'll help somebody like. Yeah. And so look, that's the whole reason you, you want to do this podcast. You want to help somebody. And that's like Danny, you're talking about earlier on and you weren't able to talk and then it's 30 lads and you broke down in front of them all. And now you're talking about it. Mm. <laughs> back type of thing and, and you're yeah the same obviously in a really good place you're you're very confident you're able to talk about it and you're not shying away from anything you're you're very much putting yourself out there and saying yeah oh, i fucked up and but i've, I've yeah i've tried my best yeah because that's what that's one thing that is there's always somebody who can relate to you yeah, no matter what yeah, yeah. there's always somebody there that's going to relate whether it be one person whether it be 10 people but if you think about it, if, if you help that one person and then that one person helps another, look, you're helping people along the way regardless. Um, and so I always said to myself, look, I'll never shy away from telling my story, no matter how stupid it sounds, no matter how blatant, whatever way it sounds, I'll always tell my story because someone's going to benefit from it regardless. And yeah. that's, that's why I always say, I'll, 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 I will, I'll tell my story to anybody. Yeah, fair play to you. And and again, look, look, obviously we'll we'll get into the the running club and stuff in a minute. But mm. it's a credit to you, Danny, talking about this because I can only imagine how hard it was to kind of come through all that and and how hard it was to open up initially. And and now now you're you're putting it out there and letting everybody know. Mm. Fair play to you. It's it's a it's a tough old story, like you know. But you deserve a pat on the back as well, like you know. And, and I know yeah, you yeah, have family look. and Nicola there to help you, but you had to go and do it yourself. Like people don't want you to do this, mm. but you have to actually want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And that's, that's one thing I will say, look, it's not going to happen itself. Um, it's, there's a concept I learned in Kill Moyen and like a lot of concepts that stick out, but there is one that sticks out. Like you'll, you'll get back what you put in. Yeah. You know, if you put, if you put a hundred percent in, you're going to get a hundred percent out. Mm. And there's also another thing somebody said to me in there, and it's one of the other kill my concepts is he who he who does not examine his past is doomed to repeat it. Like I'm always gonna look back at where I came from yeah. and never ever forget that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I'll never ever forget where I came from because if I start to forget where I came from, I'll only go back there, you know. So I'll always remember 29 years old, my fucking birthday in that car. I'll always remember the trouble I put Nicola through and the kids through because I'll never ever want to do that again. And I was actually I'm glad you said that because I was thinking that a few minutes ago. You actually said it was my 29th birthday. It was like 3 a.m. in the morning. You, you remember specific details, so you know how absolutely, much that absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Mm. And, and that was like a real. I'll never ever forget it. You know what I mean? It's it's times like that when I'm having a bad day. You know what I mean? Or if I'm feeling a bit shit, I think, well, look, you know, you came from this, so just yeah. fucking get yourself together here. You know. And Danny, I'm, I'm glad to hear that as well because so many people achieve really good things, right? Whether it's mm. like being addicted and, and getting themselves clean or whatever it is, right, in life. And mm. I know loads of people that have done really well and they're always hurting themselves and they're never able to say, oh, well, look, okay, I'm having a bad day, but I've I've, I've got to here. Look where I was before. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. delighted to hear saying that because not many people can do that. People mm. people love kind of being hard on themselves and there's no need to be Beating themselves up. Yeah. yeah it's, I hate yeah. seeing people beating themselves up and... Like, how could you not be proud of what you're at the doing, Danny? Obviously, look, yeah. it wasn't a good thing you done. 
because I don't know that wasn't a good thing. Mm. You put your family through hell, I'm sure. And and but look what you're doing now. You're 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 trying to make up for that. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, you yeah. need to give yourself a bit of credit and pat on the back. And it's good you're able to recognise that. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Look, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm human. You know, I'm not a robot. I'm not like that. I'm human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, have, I still have bad days, but I'm able to recognise my bad days, and I'm able to sort of look. Say, you know what? Like you said, go easy on yourself. Mm-hmm. Not it's important. Um, mm. So you've done. You've <laughs> played football. I'm jealous of that cap. Them caps you have. Snapping, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you went. You came back. You're doing all these interviews, and. Now, now, like, what happened in between then, or is that literally just when you started to say, okay, I need to start exercising? How did exercise come into? Well, this? no. So obviously, after that, then I got back playing football uh, again with Cardiff, um, great yeah. club. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They've always, they've always been there. I've always played for them over the years. Um, they've a good setup as well. Then I, I actually coach as well in the nurseries as well now. Oh, but, very good. So I started, I started back playing ball, and then obviously, over the years, then just. Covid hit, you know. Um, I think Covid's messed everything up for everybody. Of course, yeah. And then it was last, it was last October, where I was just sitting you know what, with no football. Me being who I am, I needed something to do. Yeah. So I said, you know what, I'll start doing a bit of running. And obviously, I was looking at all these other running clubs in other areas, inner city running, Cherry Orchard, all these clubs who are doing absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I said. I said, that's bleeding brilliant, you know, and the amount of people I'm hearing that are getting so much benefits from it. So I said one day, I said, you know what, look, I'm going to bleed and look for a local club, and I couldn't find one. So then I said, right, can't find one, I'm going to start one. Very good. So that's what I've done. I just, I put a post up on Instagram, look, I'm going to start up a local club, and that's what I have done. And I said, if anybody wants to join me, I'm going running on this day, at this time, you're all more than welcome. Um, so it started out, That's you'd brilliant. have bladen four or five people down. Um, and then obviously we got a different location. We're running the aquatic centre now. And I think I've played in about 70 odd members now. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's brilliant. Brilliant, Danny. Because I was like, I didn't even know it was you. I've seen following us on Instagram and I was looking, I was there following back and I'm like, who, who is this? And I seen you tagging each other and all. And I'm like, which, who is it? Is it Danny? Is it this person? Is it that person? And then, uh, Obviously, I knew it was you then after just having a little look, and I was like, fair play and play to him. That's deadly. Yeah, like, it was what? it was a thing that I, I did not think it was going to take off the way it did. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like I said, we were down on the canal, bleeding cold, you know what I mean? Running, doing 5Ks up down the canal. <laughs> um, and then now we're running in the, we're running the aquatic centre now. For anybody that's sorry, for anybody who's listening and doesn't know, it's D15RC. Yeah, I wanted to ask, um, is it just on Instagram? Or do you have Facebook as well? What is it? Yeah, so... Obviously, we're only set up a while since October. There's a lot of stuff we want to be doing. We can't really do it with COVID. So, yeah, at the moment, it's just Instagram. And what's um, the name of it? But D15RC. D15. You'll see the logo and stuff on it. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. share it as well on the social media and stuff. But, um, so like now, we're, we're, we're getting a lot of members down. We're getting a lot of people involved. And I, I say to all the members down there, I'm like a little proud father. Because yeah. when I see people coming down who are walking, now this isn't a this is a running club, but in this running club, look, we have walkers, we've joggers, we've crawlers, we've we've everything. You know what I mean? We're yeah, not one of these people. Look, you have to be able, you have to be able to run this pace. That it's nothing like that, you know. Um, yeah, so and that's that's what I think. Yeah, we get absolutely. That's one thing I'll always say. Where, 
we're a mix of all sorts, you know. Um, doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter blade and how fit you are. If you want to come down and walk it, there's a lot of people that walk it. Um, if you want to come down and jog it, come down and jog it. Intervals, we're starting up a couch, the 5K program soon. Yeah. So we're hoping that gets a lot of people down as well who who don't do any running and want to get involved with running because, right, yeah, the physical benefits are great, right? But the mental benefits are, it really is phenomenal. There's people out there that just, just go to get out of the house for a half an hour, 40 minutes, and the benefits it has on them is second to none. You'd be surprised how much it helps. Yeah, and you couldn't have started at a more, I was going to say a better time, but a more important time because people are stuck in their house. Like, people are mailing me, looking for motivation, and, and I'm kind of saying, mm. I can't motivate you if you don't want to be motivated. People are expecting yeah. you, I don't know, they're knocking yeah. on the door and just get them into shape or something, I don't know, but people now are just stuck in their house. I know, I know there's lockdown or whatever, but even now the restrictions are being lifted, mm. a lot of people are still almost not coming out of the house, and not because they don't, they still think oh COVID or whatever it's more so we just don't know what's going people. on no but this is just from talking to people that are basically saying oh but I, I just don't want it I'm, I'm in my house I'm used to being in my house I'm, I'm not motivated yeah. to get out and yeah uh, exactly yeah I don't want to do the gyms aren't open so I don't want to do an online class or I don't want to do online I don't want to do PT and I'd say we'll go running and I did it I talked about this in another mm. podcast I was saying we'll go running oh but I don't like uh, running okay go walking oh, I, I, they're just looking for excuses but you need to get out of yeah. the house. Everybody needs to get out of the house. Mm. Running, walking, jogging, crawling, as we, you said, it doesn't matter. Just do something. Yeah. And tell Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Like we have, we have, sorry, go on. No, no, you go. Like we have people that come down and they literally say, I don't want to be here. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But one thing I'll always say, you will always regret not going out on a run, but you'll never regret going on a run. Never, yeah. ever will you hear somebody say, You'll never ever hear somebody say, fucking snapping, I went on that run. <laughs> never. Do you know what I mean? Or snapping, I went on that walk. Uh, You'll always hear somebody saying, do you know what, I'm delighted I went down. Same, so it's, it's getting same up. Same as the gym. Like it's it's getting up are, off the couch, yeah. People just don't want to do it. And, and especially, you know, it's a bit easier now with the weather or whatever, but weather getting nicer, but, and obviously gyms aren't open anyway, but in the winter time, oh, it's dark, it was raining, I don't want to get out and go to the gym. Why, like, you know how it feels, and actually, I, I spoke to even Pajo. We had Pajo on the podcast, and we were saying to him about like people just getting out and getting it done. And mm. I was saying to Pajo, what makes him get up off the sofa, you know, and, and go and do it? But mm. it's because he knows he he knows the feeling he will have after exercising. The problem yeah. is, people that have never exercised before, and I know the gym isn't for mm. everybody, you'll know running's not for everybody, yeah, but walk, do something. And I always say. Just for the first time, just get up and do it, whatever it is, walk and run and do the running club, go to the gym, whatever it may be, right? But the feeling you're going to have after it, yeah, unbelievable. And that feeling, yeah. no matter how bad you're feeling or how unmotivated you are the next day, if you can just remember that feeling you had, you'll you'll be there straight away because you, you want that feeling. Absolutely. I couldn't, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's it's the feeling of accomplishment. It's the fe- It's just that feel good. You know what I mean? You'll walk home. Yeah. You'll have a smile on your face, regardless. And yeah, yeah. um, you'll be in that like, I don't know what it is. Like, oh, this look. I was that person that I hated running. You know what I mean? That's not what I used to absolutely dread going out. But <laughs> it's I swear it is. But even now, look, I love it. I love it, right? But when I'm doing it, I hate it. Of course. But when yeah. I'm finished, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's weird. Look, but, uh, that's, that's what it does. Like the exercise releases the endorphins, 
Like people always mm. say, well, what's that mean? Basically just gives you that euphoric feeling, the feel good factor. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's mm. what it basically does yeah. to keep it simple. And then when you feel like that, you're like, it, and it has so many more benefits. Obviously it makes you feel good. It looks after your yeah. insides. It, obviously it's going to make you physically fitter, but it'll make you mm-hmm. mentally fitter. Your sleep is better. You're sharper. Like whether you're in work, it's family life. You enjoy everything just a lot more, you know, when you're absolutely look, it's, yeah, you do. Look, it's like I took drugs for years. That was back then. That was my feel good thing. Now, this is like a drug to me. You know what I mean? This and is this no... is where I get my good feeling. I've substituted the bad stuff for the good stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. No negative um, impact and stuff like that. Exactly. There's no. You know what I mean. There's no negative impact. It's it's something. But do you know what? As I always say as well, it's something that everybody can do. Yeah. running or walking everybody can do it you don't need and it's it's one thing as well I always say to people it's free now I'm not saying look there is clubs out there that are charging a lot of money like for instance I'll just put it into there was a girl that came up to our club and she she got a bus out from the Navin Road and I was speaking to her and I was like how come you're coming so far she's like oh I can't find a local club and it's just but there is clubs your way and she's yeah they wanted 130 euros on me yeah yeah and I was like for what for what, like, can you explain that? And he says, Go on, Sorry, yeah. yeah. So I says, Can you explain why? She says, I says, I don't know why I had to give them the money, but that's what you're looking for. And I said, Well, look, we're not a club that charges money. The reason being is because I can't, I couldn't, there's no way I would have to justify charging somebody any money to go run in a grounds where it's free to run or free to walk on, you know? Yeah, of course. And that's why I was delighted to hear years are doing that as well and there's no charge on it and I was like this is brilliant and it's really what the community needs like I'm, I'm really mm. you have to do as much you can for the community type of thing and if you're a, you're a local lad in Cardiff and you have all these people like oh you see all the people that are doing it with you because obviously I follow mm. you on social media and I'm like it's brilliant what he's doing there you're getting people out of the house at yeah. a time that's has never been needed more you know what I mean gyms yeah. are closed you're getting people out of the house and People will continue to do it when the gym's open because it's now that little community, Danny. That's brilliant. And yeah, you know, absolutely, it are, is. People are making friends now, doing it. I see mm. people in your running club that mm. will never would have never end before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's and true. That's and there is, there's a lot of people that has come down. Yeah, there's a lot of people that's come down and they say to me now, says I would have never pictured myself running a five k, a ten k, or whatever yeah. it is. Now, like for instance, the challenge that we done. There was no way I'd ever, ever think that I'd ever able to do that challenge, like ever in a million years. <laughs> Talk to me about this challenge, Roy. So, how did you hear of it? You just came across David Goggins online or something? What happened? So, look, I for anybody who doesn't know David Goggins, go follow the man on Instagram or go pick up his book. He's an animal. He is fucking a machine. I only actually- ah, like he's. He's a head case. I only came across him a while back as well. I don't know how I never heard of this fella before. And I was like, this fella's a psycho. In a good way, you know? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was, yeah. I was, he, I was, he, I was he, obsessed. Like, I was watching all these YouTube videos of him. And, and we have a newborn baby as well. And, and even when the baby was born, and mm. I'd be like, I'm doing the knife aids. I'm like, I'm staying awake just because I want to watch YouTube. Because I want to <laughs> see this. <laughs> I'm telling you. I was wrecked. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Sheila would be saying like, are you wrecked because you're on the knife aid? I'm kind of thinking, no, I was watching David Goggins' <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he is, look. And I think as well, after you watch one or two of his videos, you're like, fuck this, I'm getting up, I'm getting up, you know what I mean? You're bleeding, you're <laughs> up over. 
Yeah, but my problem is I was at, I was watching my three o'clock in the morning. And I can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Out running with the baby on your back. <laughs> Fuck's well, sake. Well, you're seeing this fella, right? What happened then? Yeah, so obviously, look, I, I've been following this guy, David Goggins, for the last couple of years, whatever, and I was I read his book, his life story, Jesus, and he he's one of these people that came from a shit, shit background and literally flipped it straight up, you know what I mean? Completely changed everything. Um, and obviously, I was just reading about how he does his ultra runs and all this stuff. He's been through so much, but he came up with this challenge, the 4 by 40 Four by four by 48. So you're running four miles, which is six and a half kilometers every four hours for 48 hours. And he holds it once a year, every year on the same dates. So people all over the world can do it. Very good. So, so me thinking, geez, yeah, this is great. I thought, I'll fucking do that. You know what I mean? I'd like to give that a go. And I said, what better place to do it for? I said, I'd do it for Kill Mine. Yeah, yeah. As a charity. So, I said I'd do it. Then another couple of members said, oh, look, we'll do it as well. I said, oh, thank fuck, you know, I'm not doing it on my own. Yeah. I think if, now, to be honest, I think if I had been doing it on my own, I would have struggled. Yeah. Um, but, so, the first couple of runs, grand, you know, six and a half K every four hours. So, I'll, I'll just give it a little insight. So, four o'clock comes on the Friday, we do six and a half K, grand. Quarter to five, you're home, get changed, shower, you're back out at eight o'clock. Six and a half K. You go home, usuals, try and get some food into your back out at 12 o'clock, four in the morning, eight in the morning, all the way through till Sunday. And I'm not gonna lie, I think it was like the fifth run in from the waist down. My legs just wouldn't walk. Stop. Because I was I was like, that's when I was doing the knife aid. So I was like looking at you and all the members doing it, and I members very gym and all doing it. And I'm like, mm. I'm feeding the baby, and I was texting you, I was texting a few of them, I was like, keep going. I was like lunatics doing this like how, how yeah. can you do this like how are that legs still there you know what I mean it got to the point I'm not going to lie it got to the point right before the run I had to sort of to get myself going I had to had to nearly jump just to keep myself doing it. and once my legs started running then I was yeah. grand I was in motion do you know what I mean I was gone but one of the runs that played stood out between a few of us we call it the catch up run <laughs> and oh this is fucking so we were running and obviously Trying to get the right foods into you, it's a bit hard. Trying to get some sleep, it's hard. So not sleeping much, trying to get the right food in. So your body is struggling a little bit. And it was, it was the second 4 a.m. run. Yeah. And I'm about three kilometers into the run. And my, my vision started to go. And I'm like, fuck. My body started to feel like I was shutting down. And I'm still moving. I'm thinking, fuck, what am I going to do? And in my head, I'm thinking, I need something to eat or I need something to drink or some chocolate or something. I was just craving something. So I'm running and running and running and then I'm looking on the ground, seeing if there's anything on the ground. That's how bad it got, like, <laughs> swear to God. So as, as I'm running in the middle of the road, coming down the snook road, I'm running down the snook road, I see a lot of these little red things on the ground. So I thought, lovely. The snow world of a light, I picked them up. Do a sachets of red sauce? Ah, I picked them up. And I'm, yeah, I'm running. And as I'm running, I'm trying to open them and I couldn't open them. And the person was, yeah. The person beside me, give me the oil open them. So she rips them open and hands them back to me. And I'm bleeding, chugging on a lot of red sauce as I'm running. That oh, I found on the ground. Ah, oh. oh, but I'm not going to lie. It got me through it. Um, but just with the whole challenge, the support from the local community was yeah. absolutely phenomenal. It really Same. was. The people, the people who are getting on to me, wishing me well and just supporting. And then on the last day as well, 
Jesus, there was a big, big crowd on the last day. I mean, so many people took part in the last run as well. Yeah. Everybody really knuckled down. I know it was COVID and all, but yeah, but it was everybody really on, yeah, everyone was keeping distance and all that as well. Like I seen it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Look, but it was it was really something special, you know. And then, like, for me to be able, to, I think we raised over raised over three thousand euro, you know. Damn, um, for me to be able to do that and give it back, to give it back to kill mine then as well. Somebody yeah. that helped me so much. That's what's all. It was just it was sort of like a little thank you, you know. Look, and I'll always, always try and give back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's one thing that they always say, "Kill me, don't, don't forget where you came from." You know? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's great, it's great to give back. Like over three grand, like everything they've done for you, and ah, it's brilliant, Danny. Fair play, fair play. And what, what is it? Is like, no, it are, is. Are you and... do that every year, are you? I'd like, look, not, not going to lie, right? I think it was my 10th You're like, month, what are you to ask me that Yeah, I was crawling up the stairs, literally crawling at 4 a.m. And Nicola's looking at me and she's, she's you're going you're gonna to do this challenge next year? And I sort of <laughs> hesitated and I was like, eh, I don't know. As I'm bleeding, trying to get myself into bed, broke up, like, you know what I mean? She's just giggling to herself. Oh, but uh, no, look, I would, I would definitely do it again, and I'd get, I'd encourage more people to get involved. Course, yeah, you know, uh, you're challenging yourself mentally and physically, you know. Um, and it was a great experience, and I was absolutely delighted I was able to do it. But like I said, I don't think I would have done it if it wasn't for the people around me doing it with me. Yeah, yeah. They really did push me along. There's these are all members of D15RC, yeah. Um, they really did push me along, you know, and it was great to have that support from everybody in the club and outside the club. Very good. Very good. And again, just for anyone that's listening and they do want to get involved, it is free to do it. It's There's no charge. And D15RC, yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, D15RC on Instagram. We are the, we are in the moment of, um, uh, we are just trying to get a Facebook page set up. Um, trying to get a couple of sponsors on board. We're trying to look, we're trying to build. We've a lot of a lot of things in the pipeline that we want to do. Um, but it's just with COVID, we need to make sure we do it right. Um, because we don't want this to flop. We don't I, look, I definitely don't want this to flop. Um, I want this to take off. Um, because it's so helpful to everybody in the community. And it's a little thing for the community, you know. What I mean, like I think like when Cardinal Football Club started to build up, it was great. Everybody was proud, yes. you know. And I want, I want something like that as well. You know, what I mean, a local running club that people can be proud of as well. Very good. Yeah, that look, that's what it's all about. And you are, you are at the giving back to Kilmoyne. Now you're giving back to the community. You know what I mean? And and it yeah, keeps you, absolutely. keeps you on track. It keeps you physically fit. Keeps you mentally fit. And it keeps everybody else that's doing it physically and mentally fit as well. There's uh, only positives from that. Absolutely. Thing. Yeah, now that's that's it is it's it is one big positive. Um, like, yeah, there's 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 it's you can keep crying out that's so positive, it's so this, but it's down to the person. Look, get up and get off the blade and see and drop down. You know what I mean? Yeah. You will not regret it. You definitely yeah. will not regret it. And it's another way of people like getting to meet other people as well. There's a lot of people sitting at mm. home and look. I know we're talking about there's COVID and, and isolations. I know restrictions are being lifted a, a little bit now, but even in the next couple of months. It's another way of just getting out and just meeting people. You see it in the gym all the time. Absolutely. People are like meeting people they've never met before. Total different areas they're coming from. And now all of a sudden they're best mates. Mm. You know what I mean? You see it Absolutely. All the time. You're going to have the exact same thing in that run club. Yeah. And like, even like we run, we run three days. So we run a Wednesday, 7, 8, 7 p.m., Friday, 7 p.m., and Sunday's half 10. 
And we have a group, obviously, of 70-odd people in WhatsApp, and it's, it's great to see that people who can't make them days, they drop a little message and say, look, I'm going for a little walk here, and I'm going for a little run here, and people will say, yeah, I'll go with you. Brilliant. So it's like a little community that you're starting up, you know? That's it. That's what it's all about. Brilliant. So what's then? What's what's the future then for you, Danny? Obviously, you're gonna you're gonna continue to do this. What can you tell us? Any big plans that you have when like when COVID is is gone? What kind of events are you gonna do? Yeah, look, there's. Uh, I look myself personally. I'd like to do the Dublin Martin um, next time around. I've never, I've never ever thought I'd do a Martin. So that's something I want to do. Um, Very good. I'm gonna continue coaching with Cardiff Nursery as well. I enjoy that. Um, I'm hoping what, what to maybe get a couple of that? matches. Um, so that's from five years upwards. Um, you know what I mean? What that's it's it's absolutely brilliant. The setup down there as well is phenomenal. You know I mean, the coaches. You have a great setup. They do. Like my daughter, my daughter went through it herself. You know, and um, she was a little bit shy on going playing football, so they kept her on as a buddy coach, which is great as well. You know, it's it's it really is good. So there's yeah, boys it is, and girls it is. from five years of age up. Boys and girls. Boys and girls from five years uh, five years of age up. Um, but we're actually starting back now in the next week or two. So look, mm-hmm. if anybody wants to do it, you can mail me or you can mail the Court of Academy page. Um, but I definitely recommend if you have kids and they're looking to get involved, definitely get involved. And again, but, it's uh, for kids getting out and now interacting as well. It's not just adults; kids as well need to be interacting. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Now there's lockdown. yeah, like, there's a couple of things fun. like there's a couple of things as well for myself personally that I'd like to do with Luke of the Martin. Um, I want I want D15 RC to grow as a big club in the Blanchestown area. Um, there's a couple of little things that I have as well that I can't actually speak of. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you'll all, all see it eventually. Right. And when he's there, he's like, that's that's what he was talking about. That's what So I have that, and believe me, it's a fucking challenge. So Very good. Very I'll, good. I'll, I'll say no more on that, but it will be it will be out soon enough. Love. Um, I look forward to so that. Yeah, look, I'm just. Yeah, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, like I said, it helps me daily, physically and mentally. And obviously, look, it has a ripple effect. It helps everybody else. Yeah, 100%. Well, look, listen, Danny, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, like your story, like it's it's madness, like where, where you were and now where you are. And it just goes to show that if you really want to achieve something, you can do it. So fair play to you. I know I said it to you earlier on, but credit to you. Um, you do deserve a lot of credit. And... You're very lucky that you do have that support network with your, with Nicola and your family mm. as well. But um, no fair yeah. play to you. Thanks very much. Yeah, now look, now thanks very much for having me on, Jay. Appreciate. It. And like no. I said, if there's if there's anybody listening at all that I can help, I hope I do. And look, I'm always there as well. Quick mail to me, and I'll lead and I'll talk wherever you know. Brilliant. Thanks for that. And also, we will. I'll probably get you back on again when you do announce this big challenge, and we'll probably uh, yeah, 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 we'll absolutely. We will definitely it. have a chat. Lovely stuff. Listen, Danny, Absolutely. thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. No problem at all, Jay. Thanks Take for having care, me. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, so there you have it. A massive thank you to Danny for coming on and sharing that story with us. Danny wanted to come on to hopefully inspire somebody and let them see that there's always a way out. So again, thank you, Danny. I hope everybody is enjoying these podcasts. If you are, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Spotify and iTunes, and share it on social media. Tell your friends and family, okay? Thank you, everybody. Take care.